Please be seated. Would you pray with me? Most gracious God, we are so grateful that we can come to you. Lord, I pray today that anyone who has come into this room bearing burdens or regrets or struggling with sins that they seem to never be able to overcome, that, Lord, today they can come to you, O Lamb of God, and lay those burdens down. And your grace is sufficient for us. And in response, Lord, you call us to worship. You call us to say thank you. You call us to give the sacrifice of praise to you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would be with us, a a fresh anointing of your spirit upon us, that each of us might open our hearts consciously and invite your spirit, Lord, to speak today as we hear your word. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, I ask, Lord, that you would pour upon me the gift of preaching, that my very frail and broken and human words might by the power of your Holy Spirit, become your living word, uniquely crafted for each and every one of our hearts. We pray it with confidence, for we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, so far in this series on worship, we've been learning that our worship is a form of covenant renewal, where we intentionally remember, we come to remember how God has kept his covenant promises. And so if you think about some of the things that have happened today, including the song we just sang, it's reminding us of who God is and what God has promised to do to save us in grace. And then in response, we are called to renew our covenant promises to him. How do we do that? Well, as we partake in sacraments or hear the reading of God's word, we're reminded of God's covenant and that it is founded upon grace, his gracious love. Then, in response to God's grace and salvation, with heartfelt gratitude, we worship God as we communicate honestly with God through our prayers. Alex just led us in prayers, including a chance to confess and to be honest with God and talk to God about our mistakes, to share our longings and our hopes for the world with God. And then we sing wholehearted praises to God, which we've done as well. Last week, as I said, we talked about how all creation worships and that we are part of creation and we are created to worship. And we saw that video and I just love the imagery of thinking about joining in all of creation in our lives and worshiping. And when we worship God wholeheartedly, I said that our lives overflow with joy and goodness, that worship is one of the ways when we worship with our whole self that our lives can be filled and transformed. And so in light of this, today we're going to continue to learn more about wholeheartedly worshiping God by singing. As a reminder of how worship ended up front and center right now in this series, near the beginning of my sabbatical as I was praying about the key emphases for the coming years at St. Andrews, God, what are you up to? What do you want to have happen in the coming years? I heard an unexpected answer, and it was just one word. It was worship. So over the three months of my sabbatical, I spent time in solitude, praying, asking God to share the meaning of this. And here's what I heard. God's desire is for us to commit together to grow in our capacity to worship him in song. What does that require? Well, authentic worship requires vulnerability. 
We have to be willing to sing the words, to mean the words. And to do that, we have to be vulnerable. We have to be honest and authentic. And God longs for us to do more than just sing along. God desires for us to fully engage our heart and our soul and our mind as we sing. And so if God is asking us to sing vulnerably in our worship, we must trust. It it really does come down to trust. We have to trust that God is worthy of us taking that risk because it is a risk. It is a risk. Even in this room, there is a risk involved when we wholeheartedly worship God. In Psalm 40, which we heard uh, read today by Alex, David shows us that remembering, David is thinking back in the psalm, that remembering is one way to know that God, or be reminded that God is trustworthy. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me, and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and of the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and he steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. So he writes this and then a few verses later David says as a result of knowing this that we can trust God. And I really mean this when I say I think one of the most fundamental problems Christians have is trusting God. We want to trust God. We desire to trust God. But do we actually trust God? And as we grow in our trust of God, we grow in our capacity to worship God. So that's a piece of it, right? You need to be thinking about that and and being willing to risk. Okay, God, I'm going to begin to trust you with more specific things in my life. I'm going to trust you with my family actively in prayer. I'm going to trust my partner or my marriage to you. I'm going to trust our world to you even though we're fearful about where it's headed. Like David, our preparation for worship must include remembering that, right? Remembering that God is worthy of our trust. So one way you can do that as you read scriptures, if you read a scripture like Psalm 40 today, it can help us trust as we see the gospel represented there. We kind of see the Old Testament with the lens of Jesus So you might put it this way, right? For by the grace of God, Christ is the one who lifts us out of the pit of despair that David talked about. The mud and the mire of sin. And sets our feet on the solid ground of his grace, right? And so we now are thinking about the gospel and Jesus and what he has done in our life. God accomplishes this act of salvation for us in an authentic and vulnerable way. When, because of his great love for us, God saves us in the most vulnerable ways, allowing himself to be publicly mistreated and beaten and crucified. Because of this demonstration of sacrificial love, we can be confident that God's presence here is a safe place for us to be authentic and vulnerable in our worship of him. In other words, God isn't asking us to do anything that he hasn't done. He, has, he is vulnerable. He is authentic. He has proven it in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he's asking us, as any healthy and viable relationship is, it requires authenticity and vulnerability. And so this is the basis of us stepping right into growing in our worship. So through our prayer and Bible study, we are to remember God's authentic love for us in the gospel His goodness to us, his sacrificial love for us, his vulnerability with us. 
Then like David, in response, we are to sing. We are to sing a hymn of praise. So here's the plan to put God's desire for us to grow in worship into action. We're going to start a process of experimenting together. I know you're excited. (laughs) We will begin experimenting together to grow in our worship. And the goal is I will end the sermon, like I will today, by picking up my guitar. And Eliza or Emma Lewis will join me and we will sing together. We will lead you in a song. And these songs are songs that are more vulnerable. I'm choosing them. We're only going to have an acoustic guitar, not the whole band. The whole idea is that we begin to practice together, right, doing this. I've been, worship, I've been working on creating a set of choruses that over time, my prayer is that we will become very familiar with. My hope is that we will end up with eight to ten worship medleys that become so familiar to us that the lyrics come to us unprompted. In other words, we need to ingest it. If anyone's ever memorized scripture, right, when that scripture comes up, there's something powerful about the fact that I'm not reading it, that it's within me. And this is my goal. This is the goal of these songs. We're going to stick with a song. And so please be patient as we learn these songs. Today's song, you should most likely know every part of today's song. You've sung them before, but we're pulling them together maybe in a different way. I don't want you to start, you know, we've sung this song three times in the last... I understand. (laughs) I understand the temptation to do that, but let me tell you something. That learning a worship song and ingesting it, putting it inside of you, and being able to sing those words directly to God and mean them, in order for us to do that, we have to know it. And we have to know it well. And so then it's not so much about what song we're singing, it's about what the song is saying to God. Does that make sense? And so we're going to experiment together. Um, And so this may feel like a lot. Um, and that's okay. It feels like a lot to me too. As God spoke the word worship to me, and over time I understood the implications, I was intimidated as well. I haven't picked up my guitar in five years, I don't know, a long time, and so it's been a new thing. I've been playing a lot to get ready, right, to be ready to lead you vulnerably in worship. And, sorry, and I understand the implications I understand the implications, but I also feel and understand that God is right, and I want you to hear me here, and I want you to think about this. I believe God is right. It is crucial to our individual and communal spiritual health to grow in our capacity to worship God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is um, something we've been grown up doing, but I'm, I'm not too sure that anyone, I know no one ever said, Jeff, here's how you worship. No one ever said that to me. No one has ever said, hey, how can we experiment together to grow in this ability to connect with God? And that's something that if we can do this as a community, I think it's going to transform us. It's not to judge where we are. We love God. We're here because we love God. It's just that we're going to grow in this, right, as we practice and as we attempt our worship together. And so as we begin, let's have grace with ourselves 
These are the early stages of something new. Today, we may not know these lyrics by heart, but even so, I'm asking us to risk together to sing out, to sing out together. I'm asking you to risk and sing out. I want you to hear one another. You don't have to have a beautiful voice. Make a joyful noise to the Lord is what the scriptures say. We're just called to to risk, right, to give ourselves to God. And so the goal is for us to begin to practice these medley and to help us know it by heart. And so there's two central questions that, that I have for you as we do this. The first is, will we trust God enough that we consciously seek to grow in our heartfelt worship? Do we trust God enough? Second, will you trust me enough to lead us? Because I'm asking, I really know I'm asking something of you. And so those are the questions Today's medley, some of you were in here when Eliza and I were singing it earlier. Uh, It includes, I need you and goodness of God and ever be. And um, as we sing today, realize I'm rusty. You may be rusty too. That's okay. This isn't about perfection. This is about heart. Right? This is about heart. And so... um, as we sit down and, and Eliza and I come, I'm just asking you to prepare your heart and to ask yourself, am I willing to start on this journey? Am I willing to take a risk over the coming months, right, as we begin to learn to worship God more? This is Eliza, if you don't know Eliza. Um, Eliza's been singing with me since she was in the sixth grade. I'm not going to say how old that makes me. But uh, we've known each other a long time, so I'm grateful for her to be with us today. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thanks for coming up.